0: This is the Value Investor Podcast with Tracy Reineck. All things value, all the time. Welcome back, Value Investors. So the Berkshire Hathaway Annual Meeting is this weekend in Omaha, and that means Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger will be front and center with their investing tips and their folksy advice. I'll probably be tuning in for some of it, and maybe some of you are even going to this meeting. That's always a big event up in Omaha. But mostly it's the same stuff we hear year after year that um, because value investing doesn't really change. You buy cheap, you buy well-run companies and then you hold them, right? But it's still always good uh, to hear and be reassured by Buffett and Munger that value investing still has value and that they're still doing it and that you should stay the course because in this kind of high growth market, it's very difficult to be a value investor right now. The value investing uh, strategy is still underperforming. And so that makes it you know a little more difficult and we need the reassurance of someone who's been doing it a while. So that'll be big in the news all weekend long. And I'm certain Buffett and probably Munger will be doing their typical post-annual meeting uh, two or three hour interview with Becky Quick on CNBC. So you can tune in there if you don't see anything from the actual meeting. But last weekend, I saw a tweet from Barron's with the headline that just said, Six Steps Buffett Must Take. And since Barron's is subscription only, I couldn't click on the article because I don't have a subscription. (laughs) So I rushed out to the Barnes and Noble on the weekend to purchase the paper copy and see like, what are these six steps that they're saying he must take? I kind of had an idea in the back of my head, but I actually wasn't completely right on what the six steps are. But I'm not going to actually tell you the six steps for this podcast, because in the article, it also talked about a couple of interesting things about Berkshire Hathaway's stock performance. That's like not discussed as much as what's in the portfolio and all that. But obviously you can own Berkshire Hathaway. That's why everybody's going to the annual meeting because they're shareholders. And in the article it states that Berkshire stock, which I think the B shares B R K B is the the cheapest ones. Um, it's like period B and some, some of the stock trackers, but that's the, the cheaper, not the one that's like, you know, a hundred thousand dollars or whatever it's at now. I haven't looked lately, but it says that that stock has lagged the S and P 500 over the past five years, which wouldn't be surprising because of what's in it. And those kind of like value oriented, um, this is like, that's, basically what his investing philosophy is in the big parts of the portfolio. So that has lagged. So he's lagged the S&P 500 over the past five years, but he's also lagged 10 and 15 years now. So if you've been a shareholder in the BRKB, you haven't been killing it like some of the other investments have. You're actually underperforming the S&P 500. So the big Um, articles you always read about someone got shares of Berkshire Hathaway in like 1975. And then when they died, their kids found out it was worth like $2 billion or whatever. There are actually these articles out there because this has actually happened. Like the, the people like lived on Buffett's block up there in Omaha and like knew him and bought some shares, that kind of story. Well, there haven't really been any stories about, oh, I bought BRKB. I forget when that When that actually came into existence, it was right around 2000 or 2001, somewhere in there, I think. You know, I bought that then and I got rich off of that or I, you know, got this great return because there hasn't been. I actually owned Berkshire Hathaway stock, the BRKB, years ago because I was like, oh, I can buy Buffett now when they did roll out the cheaper version of the stock And I held it for a number of years, but it was going nowhere. And so I sold a while ago. Um, And I'm not afraid to say that, that even though I like Buffett's philosophy, that doesn't mean I necessarily like the company that he's running. So um, the Barron's article is very interesting talking about this underperformance. So the article focused on the shareholders who might be kind of angry at this year's annual meeting about like what's going on. But one of the issues is Berkshire has a huge cash stockpile. Now it was recently valued at 110 billion and sitting with that on the books, you know, getting a little bit of interest or whatever on it isn't actually helping the returns of the Berkshire stock either. So you have that issue. And um, as I've said many times, Berkshire is just simply too big. It can only buy other big companies. And with the large caps on a three-year tear, or maybe even longer now, it's three or four years now, that makes everything really expensive for Buffett to buy. So he's managed um, to find some value investing. Even just this week, it was announced that he was putting 10 billion into Occidental Petroleum, which is the ticker OXY. Their attempt to acquire Anadarko. They're in a bidding war. Anadarko's APC with Chevron, who also put a bid in for Anadarko, and he's putting 10 billion into it. He is getting a great um, preferred dividend yield off of that. And so this is kind of his usual kind of deal when he's just putting a little bit of a little bit, 10 billion, just a little into, the, into a deal. Um, but Occidental's market cap is 43 billion right now. Anadarko's pretty big too. He could have bought both of them outright, right? He could have, he has 110 billion. I, I, the market cap is not bigger than 110 billion for this deal but instead he's just putting, you know, this small little sliver in there, keeping his other firepower for other deals is probably why he's only doing the little bit. But this is the problem that a lot of value investors are having right now. Where is the value even in my own value investor portfolio here at Zacks? It's kind of hard to find good quality names that are true values, but I can dig down deeper and take a deeper dive than even what Buffett can do because he is mainly limited to those big caps. And so that's kind of a small universe, especially for cheap ones. Or even if he's going to buy one outright, he doesn't want to overpay for an asset. And right now, that's maybe why he's still on the cash. We'll find out this weekend. But he doesn't see that there's you know any real deals there on the big, huge acquisitions. So I thought I'd take a look at three tips that I feel you can follow for building a Buffett-beating portfolio to have a better return than what he's getting over there on his and even what Berkshire Hathaway stock is doing and um you know some of this is good reminders for those who are new to, new to value investing or if you're on an old school one because we do have advantages that Buffett doesn't have, as I was just mentioning. So the very first tip I have is what I was just mentioning, and that's to think small, because Buffett can only buy the big. He can't really buy the smalls. I mean, he could, but it's a drop in the bucket, because even this 10 billion investment in this accidental deal, if it goes through, is relatively small amount of money given this cash on hand. So to buy a whole bunch of small caps that are like 500 million, I don't think that's really going to get him very far. He'd have to buy like dozens of them. Um, and then even investing, it's it's not worth it for him to invest really in most of those. Although uh, that stone company investment from last quarter that one of his junior portfolio manager guys invested in is a much smaller cap. And they did manage to Buy a small position in there. So maybe they are starting to look around a little bit on the investing side in the small caps, but it's not a big percentage of their portfolio, but we don't have this issue. So I did a screen of some small cap names looking for Zach's ones and twos and cause I want those rising earning estimates. And then I looked for cheapness on the PE side and uh, and on the price to sales side actually and i got some interesting names on this it's a small screen i think it gave me 9 or 10 stocks i want to say um but one of the names is avid technology ticker avid and their tagline just says the platform that powers media and entertainment so their platform for storing distributing and monetizing film television and music and they haven't reported earnings yet. So FYI, warning, no earnings report yet. May 6th is when they're reporting. They have a market cap of 319 million. So this is a small cap. I, I wasn't kidding when I said think small. They have a P of 11.3 right now and a price to sales ratio of 0.8. So both of those are real good values. They are as number one right now, even before the earnings. So that's kind of interesting. 2019 EPS growth is expected to be 148%. They only made 27 cents in 2018, expected to make 67 cents in 2019. And then in 2020, another good year of 93 cents. That's up another 38%. I took a look at the revenue growth, though, that's up only just 3%. It's expected to be in 2019 and 2020. So I'm not sure why the big earnings growth, except maybe they're cutting costs somewhere. I don't know, but maybe I'll have to tune in on this next earnings report to find out. But this is kind of an interesting platform. If you go to the website, you instantly know, oh, yeah, this is what they do. Because if you are editing a film or a TV show or any of that, this is the software and everything up on your, up on your desktop that allows you to do that. So... This is kind of an interesting area right now, especially with the advances in the streaming, all these big names getting into that. Entertainment is uh, kind of booming right now. So that's one of the small side values, still a value that you might want to consider. And then even just continuing down the technology road, think technology, because other than Apple and before that IBM, Buffett hasn't really big a bit, been a big investor in tech I mean, he famously avoided all of it in the late 1990s. He wasn't out there buying Cisco or anything or Intel in the 1990s. And he said if he can't explain it to like a class of like school kids, then, and in only like a few seconds, then, you know, he's not that interested. But technology has a lot of opportunity. And as we've seen, a lot of the growth names are on the tech side, but there are a number of values also on the technology side, like Avid that I just talked about. The one um, for the second tip is Synex. SNX is the ticker. I think I've talked about them before on the podcast, but it's been a while. So this is on the boring side though. <laughs> they do the services, I like to say. So they do distribution, logistics, integration. They So if you're a company and you need like a whole new... You know, tech build out basically, you call someone like Cinex and they come in, they see what all your needs are, they get everything set up because you're not going to do that, right? No, you're not going to just call like Dell or someone like that. You're going to call these types of guys that sell the big systems from all the big manufacturers. They come in, they handle everything. And with the economy, you know, doing well worldwide these kinds of companies are also doing well. So they have a PE of just nine right now. So still cheap. It's been cheap for a while because, again, it's kind of on the boring side of the tech area. But boring is good for us, right? We love boring because uh, that's where the value is found. They have a price to book of 1.6. Their price to sales is just 03 they have a market cap of $5.6 billion, so this is not the small cap. This is more, more the mid-cap. They also pay a dividend yielding 1.5%. I didn't look it up. No, this one has reported already. I was like thinking, have they reported yet? I think they report really early in the earnings season, so they've already gone a couple of weeks ago, I, I believe. Don't quote me on this, though, but I'm pretty sure because I didn't write down like what their earnings is. So they've already done it. Um, but yeah, Cinex is uh, one of those interesting kind of forgotten names, but I'm liking it here. And then a third stock is, and a third tip, is really to look, um, kind. it's kind of tech related, but look into new media because a lot is going on in that category as well. Buffett doesn't own any of this. He, he likes old media. He's owns newspapers. I'm not sure if he still does, but he used to, the Buffalo newspaper and a couple and many others, but he bought them for the classified ads. Now you can buy them also for advertising, but in a different way, they don't have quite the monopoly they used to have. But the company that I want to talk about in the new media space that still has value, I've talked about in the past, but it's been a while since I covered this one either, is J2 Global. And their ticker is JCOM, J-C-O-M. And they haven't reported yet. May 7th is when they're reporting. So just FYI, warning, they haven't reported. But they're cheap too. So their PE is 12.9. They have a little bit higher price to book and price to sales. Price to sales is 3.5, so that's pretty high. But price to book is just 4.1. A little bit over the three I look for, but has the nice PE. So I'm considering this one a value. And then they pay the dividend. They pay 2% because they have really good cash flow, especially for a smaller company. This is a smaller one too. I didn't write down what its market cap is these days, Um, but it is on the smaller side. They have kind of an interesting business. So they used to have this thing called cloud services, which they still have, but it was like eFax, email, and it it was in the cloud. That is on the decline because while it brings in revenue, there's almost no growth in that anymore, but it's kind of like a stable business. It just kind of does its thing, but that's on the decline as the overall revenue uh, generator. Then they have this other interesting area called Cloud Connect, and that is what they're really growing right now. They just did a couple of acquisitions in the first quarter. Those were in the Cloud Connect category. And then they have digital media, which was all like um, display advertising on the sites. So they have some big sites that you've probably used before. AskMen is one of them. PC Magazine, they own that. Geek.com, Offers.com. They also own Everyday Health, which is a big medical side. So... This area had growth from the display advertising, but that's kind of uh, dying or not dying, but slowing down, I should say. The company says it's, it's giving them like stable growth right now, but it's not like the big growth driver, but subscriptions are. So subscriptions are back, if you don't already know that, because I keep subscribing to everything. And I don't know, they're just going on my credit card. I don't even know what I'm spending anymore. And that's what they love because you don't really know. You just sign up for like the monthly thing and you're like, oh, $2.99 a month. Well, that's not that bad. And then you don't really think about what it is over, over 12 months. Like if you actually got the offer in the mail and someone was like, oh, you know, you're going to pay like $35 for this. You'd be like, no, I'm not doing that. But when you're only paying the small amounts every month, it, it makes it so much easier, right? So they're trying to move some of their uh, digital media into the subscription model, and they think that that's going to be successful. So um, J2 Global is kind of interesting. They're out in LA. So if you're out there, you might be more familiar with them. But uh, this new media side of things is... An interesting opportunity. And it's an area that Buffett isn't really in at all. He's in the old media, but that's really dying. And he's not into the newer methods and newer um, ways that these media services can make money. So basically the theme of my three tips are technology, technology, technology. (laughs) All of these are forms of technology, these companies. And yes, value investors can get cheap tech stocks. They might not be the ones we want, right? There might not be the Facebooks or um, even Netflix or some of those, but that's why they're values. That's why we're interested and Buffett pretty much ignores this whole segment other than Apple. And he gets this big pat on the back now for buying Apple a couple of years ago. And he has done quite well in it, as everybody has who bought a couple of years ago in that stock. But there's a lot of different areas that a value investor could be in, as I just pointed out, three of them. So you can beat Buffett and what his returns are doing by focusing on what he does not or cannot focus on. And that He doesn't like tech, so he doesn't focus on that. And then he cannot buy smaller companies and we can. So this is a way to get a little bit of an edge and to still maintain your value investing credentials, as I like to say. And you can still buy value and be in these areas. So let's recap the tickers that I've talked about this week. There is Occidental. I am still a big energy fan and I own quite a few energy stocks. I used to own Occidental in the value investor portfolio but we sold it a while ago. I'm kind of sad when I had to sell it. Um but I would not hesitate to buy that one again if I was looking for one of the bigger EMPs. We'll see what happens with their deal with Anadarko here if it goes through or if Chevron gets some or what's going to happen. But Occidental's ticker OXY it pays the largest dividend yield of the US EMPs. I don't know. I think it's over four still, and they never cut it during the crude collapse. So you have that. Um, and darko is APC. Most people don't want to be in that now because obviously it's jumped up on the acquisition. Then we had our tech stocks that are in the three tips here, Avid Technologies, AVID. Then we had Synex, SNX, and J2 Global, JCOM, JCOM. And then there's the Berkshire Hathaway shares. BRKB is the one for the more affordable ones, but it hasn't been doing well. And so you might want to wait and hear what happens at the annual meeting on that one. But as always, I'm bringing you all the value stocks. And next week, I can probably guarantee you that I'll be talking about Buffett in the annual meeting. He'll give some good interviews and we'll be discussing again like what the philosophy is for value investing because it is good to get reminders, especially in this kind of uh, market that, you know, is really against us value investors. Let's just say um, that growth is still king. So uh, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single one of these episodes you can get us on Spotify. And I know a lot of you are getting us over there already. So thanks for subscribing on Spotify. That's very exciting for us here. And you can also get us on Apple Podcasts as a standalone. And if you want to get the market edge as well, that's our that's the other podcast I do here at Zacks. You can get two for one on SoundCloud. And I know a lot of you are over there too. So be sure to get us somewhere because I'll be bringing you more Warren Buffett next week and more value stocks. So I'll see you then. Thank you.